Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by TheLines.com. I'm your host, Nate Weitzer. We're finishing out the week with Mo Nawara, third straight day. Been happy to have Mo on board with Josh on vacation. As always, like and subscribe to the page. We'll be bringing you these videos each and every weekday through the regular season into the playoffs. And TheLines.com is where you can find the odds finder. Find all the information you need to find the best juice on your money with these bets. We're coming off a 500 night. On Thursday, I mean, I whiffed on the best bets. Hawks continued their uh, their awfully disappointing season with an embarrassing showing in Brooklyn. But the Nuggets came through for Mo's second straight night. Had a couple player props go down. Nice Chet Wemby show off, um, show down. And we move on to Friday here. Another healthy slate. And Mo, what is your first look on the slate? So my favorite bet today is going to be a gross one. Uh, but it is Pistons plus nine uh, hosting the Cavs here. It's just a really tough spot for the Cavs, honestly. That's the main thing here. Uh, just schedule-wise, this is setting up pretty poorly for them. They played um, a down-to-the-wire game against Dallas and then the double OT game against Chicago, and now they're on their third city in four days on the road, and Detroit has a two days rest so pretty big like scheduling advantage in Detroit's favor here obviously they're terrible but you know these things matter uh and then you also have Donovan Mitchell who I don't know if he's going to go he's questionable with knee soreness I feel like he shouldn't go coming off a 44 minute showing in that game against the Bulls I feel like it's probably smart to hold him out here and try to win without him in a spot where you're playing one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, that's how I would look at it. I don't know if that's how they're going to look at it, but regardless, you know, best case scenario, I, I, you have you have a banged up Donovan Mitchell here, and if he doesn't play, this would be a really strong bet. I think uh, the Cavs have been really reliant on Mitchell this year. They actually have a minus three and a half differential without him. Uh, and they're plus 4.8 on the season. So he is driving a lot of that clearly. And also when you look at Detroit, they're just playing a lot better since they uh, ejected Killian Hayes, <laughs> arguably the worst starter in the NBA. Um, fifth and spread differential the past two weeks and their new top lineups, which so they brought in Simone Fontecchio. He uh, started several games. I believe they went back to Isaiah Stewart, but regardless when they have this uh, Jaden Ivy, Cade Cunningham, Alistair Thompson, Jalen Duran quartet, either with Isaiah Stewart, they're plus 6.9 in like, a little over 200 possessions and with Fontecchio, they're plus 2.2 uh, in something similar, I believe. So just two productive lineups they have cooking there, uh, which to have these lineups being plus when you're as bad as Detroit is saying a lot, I think. So they're playing reasonable NBA ball at this point. So yeah, I do like the plus nine here. Uh, just pinch your nose and take the Pistons here. Yeah, it's a good find in terms of the spot. I mean, Cleveland, yeah, the, the, the buzzer beater against Dallas, the double overtime game, Detroit idol. Uh, this is a, and then the Cavs after this host the Knicks on Sunday, host the Celtics on Tuesday. So it's an it's an absolute trap spot. Look ahead. They might just try to, you know, grind out a win and, and get past the Pistons. Exactly what we saw with the Wizards. They won by nine. That would cover. 
for you, but yeah, they'll they'll just take the the, the light night off when they can, even if Donnie plays. Maybe he plays limited minutes. Maybe they don't take the Pistons that lightly. Um, speaking of the Celtics, they are minus nine and a half at home against the Mavericks, and I will fade that. I will take Dallas and the points. I I think Boston's you know got has gotten right since they were embarrassed by the Lakers backups, but I mean who who they played in their five their five home games have been against absolute jokes like. The one team that you say is not a joke, uh, Atlanta, which never seems to cover, they did cover a big spread like this. Uh, Boston's shooting Im- impossibly well against these pathetic defenses, including Philly in their last game. And Tyrese Maxey had Philly in that game for a lot of it. Now you basically double the unguardableness of, of Maxey with, with Kyrie Luka. Kyrie Luka just playing so well. Recently, like the Mavs uh, are just a team you do not want to fade right now, especially on the road where Luca just tends to thrive off off the environment. You know, he, I mean, he'll keep you in anything. His last three in Boston, 35 points per game on 60-50 splits, basically. Mavs have covered in five of their last six roadies, five of their last six roadies as dogs as well. Luca and Kyrie, we're looking at a combined 62.5 points per game with a 131 offensive rating. Since this trade, getting the bigs in there, maybe, you know, whatever it's done for their their pick and roll game, for their spacing, like the offense is just looking really good. And their defense has been pretty good prior to, you know, really just not taking Toronto seriously. They were the the fourth, the eighth rated defense since the trade, fourth three point defense, which is absolutely vital against Boston here. And I mean, Boston, I mean, really nitpicking if you look for weaknesses in their stats anywhere, but they are allowing the second most three point attempts funneling stuff away from the paint. I think with Kairuka, like you, you might allow the fewest paint points per game. You might do a great job protecting the rim, but they're, they're going to find ways to get in the gaps and score down there, especially Kyrie, you know, motivated by the spot in Boston, Luca always motivated to face a contender. So I think they'll find a way to keep it close and maybe a sneaky under here at two thirty-five. the way I, I think these teams will be competing on both ends. Yeah, I, I hope you're right, but I don't feel great about this spot because Boston is having a good schedule spot as well here. Uh, neither team played yesterday, but obviously Dallas had those two uh, high-paced games slash tight game against the Cavs uh, back-to-back. And the, the thing about those games that I'm worried makes me worried about for Dallas in the spot is just is just how many minutes Kyrie and Luka play. They were playing like 40 minutes, 35 minutes in those games. Uh, so I'm be a little worried that they're gassed here. I, I do like the three point look, like you said, because th- Boston wants to shoot so many threes that, uh, that's very important. So, uh, I hope you're right because I'm still trying to get Dallas win total over to the finish line here. I feel okay about it, but, uh, any slump could change that. No, yeah, Dallas is looking good, and they're, they'll be playing their guys all out, seems like, to the last day of the season, based on how this playoff race is stacking up. Uh, so will the Warriors, but you are fading them in Toronto here on a back-to-back. Tell us why. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one, uh, because it looks like we like uh, opposite sides in this one. I, I just like the spot, for one thing, quite a bit. Um, so based on differential with these teams, uh, this line should be something like minus two 
for the Warriors, uh, but that's before factoring in the spot. So I'm pretty surprised to see the Raptors are getting three and a half here because they're in a favorable schedule spot here as well. Warriors, uh, third city in four days and back to backing here. Raptors have only played once in the past three and it was at home. So they're not traveling, uh, should be very well rested here. Really interesting to see what the Warriors are doing with this new lineup they're going with right now uh, with Andrew Wiggins, I believe, still away from the team today. So it's going to be this Draymond Curry with Kaminga Moody Pajemski, it looks like. They're just going with the young guys. I don't know how sustainable this success is based on the way they're playing. Um, Curry is taking a ton of shots because he's pretty much the only one who wants to shoot besides Kaminga in that lineup. Um, so he hasn't been shooting very well, which is kind of interesting that they've been winning. Both of these teams have kind of been thriving off pretty weak schedules lately. Uh, the Raptors, Second in spread differential past two weeks. So they're playing better. I don't know how much of that is the schedule and how much of it is getting a healthy and cohesive lineup together finally for the first time in a while. Um, just kind of setting up their lineup probably the way they envisioned it when they made these deals. The bench is halfway decent now as long as Pirtle plays and, and keeps the bench at, you know, Bruce Brown, Kelly Olenek, Grady Dick. Like, this is a decent three players to anchor your bench. Uh, so I, I I think it's a, a decent spot for the Raptors. I, I'm a little surprised they're this big of underdogs. I know that the Warriors have been playing better, but um, I think the market is a little bit too high on the Warriors. Playing better. 7-0 seven, seven and oh against the spread uh, in their last seven on the road with a plus 14.5 net rating hitting 16 threes and 124 points per game is how they've been playing, which makes me kind of ignore the spot and say this is a veteran team uh, that I, I think is aware of the fact that they're going to have to to weather some storms here, bring it in, in Toronto. I mean, they, they've won their last three back-to-backs by 16 points per game. The previous one was an overtime loss in Draymond's second game back, and Steph had 60. And Steph, I mean... You you say it's a it's a bad thing that he's going to shoot the ball thirty five times. I say fantastic if I'm betting on the Warriors. Like as long as he's coming out aggressive against a defense that's that's just frankly been been ass over the last month. Like I see this as a great bounce back spot for him. His prop is up at twenty eight and a half despite twenty one points per game in his last four and a ninety five rating. This year he does average thirty one with a one twenty two rating on back to backs. So he's not affected by the short rest and. You know, we might see less Clay Thompson, which just kind of opens it up for him if Clay even goes here. I, you know, he got into a bit of a spat with Steve Kerr. Uh, they have taken advantage of the soft schedule in general, nine and two against the East since they lost to Toronto, interestingly, on January 7th. The only loss, that overtime loss, and in Milwaukee. And I mean, Toronto's just not a team that I, I expect to kind of pop up and surprise me. Like they're 10 and 28 straight up as underdogs, they're three and 10 as home dogs. This is a team that is very much putting the ball in the hands of, of extremely young guys, namely Scotty Barnes, uh, guys who have not necessarily been in the in the high usage role like Bar- Barrett and Quickly, and they're going to take some lumps and some growing pains, and their defense has just been disjointed. And I don't think they can keep their, their sights on Curry. I don't think the Warriors are going to slip up. They can't afford to. They're barely 
you know, in the play-in as we speak. And I think they'll keep this run going here in a, in a plus matchup. Yeah, the, these younger teams do tend to be the ones that struggle uh, facing the Warriors just due to kind of playing a more complex style of offense, a style that's a little more uh, unique, you know, that, that, that you don't see necessarily every day or even every week in the NBA. Uh, most teams operating in more of a pick-and-roll centric offense, obviously. So uh, it definitely... Uh, an interesting spot in that sense. Like it, these teams do tend to tend to have a tough time defending the Warriors, but we'll see how much juice they have uh, on their on their third and four here against a, what should be a well rested Raptors team. So it, it could really just come down to um, whether that affects the Warriors as much as uh, on paper it probably should. But like you said, in some senses, it, it does match up well for the Warriors because the Raptors probably are going to have a tough time with this. Uh, this offense. Yeah. And plenty of youth infusion for the Warriors to sustain that, that short rest now that they they've gotten like guys like Quinones and Trace Jackson Davis involved. And yeah, they'll, they'll be able to throw some bodies out there and, and keep pace. I think the only way we get a sweep tonight is if uh, that lands on three. Now, I think it's been bet down from three and a half. So Mo kick us off with a winner. So I went with Kobe White under 19 and a half points. It is plus 110, so a nice price here. Uh, he's averaging 19.3 and then also facing a leaky Milwaukee perimeter defense, obviously, with Malik Beasley and uh, Damian Lillard. So in that sense, it looks like a pretty decent spot for him to put up some, put up some points. But... I'm mostly looking at where he's at in his season, which he's leading the league in minutes and he's already played more minutes than he has played in any season in his career. And I think he might be gassed, uh, only scored 20 plus once since the all-star break. And that was exactly 20. And he played 50 minutes in the last game and now playing uh, they're third and four here. The Bulls are uh, on the road. It's a pretty flat spot for them. It's a spot where, uh, or a, yeah, it's it's a spot where basically, even though Milwaukee isn't good on D and the and the you know the the pace should be a little higher than the Bulls are used to. I just still think. I know the line is very small, but I think there's some 20 point blowouts here, to be honest, uh, just because of the spot here after it wasn't just Kobe white. It was DeMar. Uh, all these guys played 40 plus minutes. I mean, and when you look at the names on the bench in that last game, you can, you can understand what uh, the bulls coaching staff was doing. I, I mean, there's names I've literally never seen before uh, playing minutes off the bench in that game. So I get why they rode their guys, but I, I think they're also going to be quite tired here. And Milwaukee also, they do funnel a lot of stuff into the mid range. Kobe white is more of a three and rim type of player, a little bit of a James Harden, uh, whiff to his shot distribution 
I think this could be more of a DeMar game while he's in there because those are the shots that uh, Milwaukee tends to give up. So uh, I did take under 19 and a half at plus. I like this one, even though it kind of looks fine on paper. But man, 50 minutes is that that is something. Yeah, and this Bucks defense has been much better under Doc Rivers, especially as we progress with with some more time for him to install a system and the system is closer than it used to be. So, which is, yeah, the funnel things to the mid range, right. And not, not give up threes, not give up, especially above the break threes or, or threes to guys like, like Kobe white, who's, who's the guy they're worried about. So I like an under for this game, I think in general, because of how tired the bulls are and because of how the bucks are playing. So if, if we go under there, yeah, it shouldn't be a lot of uh, stats to go around. Uh, on the other hand, Charlotte at Philly should have some offense flowing after Charlotte's been stified, stymied, stif- stifled and stymied by the Bucks in their last two. Miles Bridges over 27 and a half points and rebounds is where I'll go here. I mean, the, the minutes are there for him, regardless of the blowout that we saw this with with, with Trey Mann, right? Uh, you're still going to get your time because Charlotte understands they might not be able to compete. Uh, but 38 minutes per game in those blowouts. He's been like two weeks removed from his court problem kind of being settled, and maybe that's helped him kind of concentrate. But it, it seems to have tipped, according to Woj, that Charlotte is going to look to resign him this offseason. So now he's kind of playing to, to max out that contract and, and, and definitely has something to play for. Uh, since the trade, his usage has dipped, the trades plural, 24% uh, in eight games, but he's still getting this number 20, 19 and a half, eight and a half boards. He's only gone under in four of his last 11 in terms of this number, and three of those are against Milwaukee, which, like I said, been a very good defense. He's gone over, you know, his points have been down against Portland, Golden State, who are playing very well defensively, but gotten over this with rebounds. And Charlotte on a back-to-back, he's actually been more productive lately. His last five, 26 points per game, seven and a half rebounds on back-to-backs, including 25 and 11 against Philly, a Philly team that is now vulnerable down low. Without Embiid, their last 11 since they kind of reset, came home after a, a woeful road trip. They allow the most free throw attempts. They're uh, 27th in defensive rating, 6th most fast break points, 7th most rebounds. And they're 1-7 at home with a negative 12 net rating. So I, I definitely would not lay the minus 11 with Philly, even though Charlotte has looked bad in these two against the Bucks. Like, I, I think Charlotte will be in this game, and they're going to they're gonna run some stuff through Bridges. Yeah, I, I just don't know who else at this point. I, I mean, with no Lamelo and and now PJ gone, I mean PJ was having like the odd forty point game earlier this year. Like, uh, this is just bridges or bust. I think it looks like at this point. I, I mean, I guess Brandon Miller, but that's about it. And yeah, it's it's funny you say that about those Bucks games. Like natural for him to go on. I mean, they, they were down 40, 50 points in these games. I, I mean, they made that last one look kind of fake close with a 10 plus 10 fourth quarter or something, but they got buried in yesterday's game too. So uh, I would think Bridges would get some numbers. Uh, Philly, not very imposing, obviously without Embiid. They, they, they haven't been a good rebounding team with Embiid. So that's helpful for sure. And, and when you look at... Uh, the way Philly's been playing, I think they've looked good at times. Uh, they played the Cavs pretty well, I thought, in that game I watched. I think that was last week. But then, yeah, kind of an ugly one against Boston, down 15 a lot of that game. Uh, I, I think 
Bridges should should be out there doing work, but uh, it's always hard to say with Charlotte. It's just weird because they've just like they had all these really good competitive games where they're just covering the spread all these games, and then they play Milwaukee and they look like they don't even belong on an NBA court. Yeah, and speaking of which, we've got a couple Washington Wizards to round out this Friday slate as they uh, do the second half of a back-to-back there in L.A., take on the Clippers tonight. Yeah, I went with under on Kyle Kuzma, points and rebounds. I was looking at points. I ended up going points and rebounds, 28-and-a-half. I think the biggest thing, honestly, for this game is this could be just blowout city. Uh, Speaking of blowouts, eh, you have a 15 and a half point line here. I mean, when I was looking back through Kuzma's game logs, he's playing closer to 30 minutes in most of these blowouts either way. It doesn't matter kind of which team is up. They do, believe it or not, Washington did have a couple of blowout wins that I found. Uh, But yeah, they do kind of limit him closer to 40, uh, closer to 30 minutes rather. And, you know, he's averaging around 26 to 27 uh, points and rebounds per like 30 minutes. So that's a little shy of this number. And you have the Clippers, which are an above average defense, 11th in defensive rating. I think we're going to get a good effort here. You know, after that last fourth quarter collapse against the Lakers, they know they were embarrassed on national TV. Uh, that's probably partly why the line is where it is. Uh, also, Washington is in a tough spot, you know, third and four, also a back-to-back, also off OT. Kuzma played a bunch of minutes, I think 37. So could see a little bit more of the bench here. He also could see some Kawhi defense here. Uh, Kawhi, they did stick him on LeBron in that game uh, when I was watching it. So I, I shut it off before the fourth quarter because I thought the game was over. But yeah, the they did they did have Kawhi defend LeBron so um with Kuzma being probably the main off the bounce whatever you want to call it scoring threat Washington's got I I know Paul George is like maybe gonna miss the game I I think he's illness or, or something so maybe that helps Kuzma if he sits possibly but yeah if he sees some Kawhi defense I think that limits him a little bit even more yeah, I mean, I think the Clippers are going to be good defensively here. Like you said, they they got to get right here before they have a, a real tough three and four on the road, Minnesota, Milwaukee, and Houston. And uh, so they should try to take care of business here. I, I like throwing points in here. I think there will be some rebounds available, and I think there's just nobody to soak up the minutes is my concern with the blowout because uh, Washington shorthanded. So I'll take Marvin Bagley to get eight rebounds, which is plus money at FanDuel. Nobody else offering the plus right now. But, I I, I mean, he's going to play, like, no matter what, it seems like. Avdia's banged up. It, it might, he might sit or might play limited minutes. Ilakula Bali's still out. Isaiah Liver's out. Uh, so, basically, we're talking about Rishon Holmes as the only big to come off the bench and replace Bagley, who, you know, has initially got off to a great start with Washington, right? It was like, okay, he's going to be part of their plan down the stretch. And then he got benched for some some mistakes. I mean, he is a, a bad defensive player at times. But in his last seven, since his latest benching, 14.5 points, 9.5 rebounds. And now per 36 with Washington, we're talking about 12 rebounds, six offensive rebounds versus just nine rebounds with Detroit. It's a, it's a different fit, obviously. Detroit did not need his rebounding as much or his low post presence. So, uh, you know, post all-star break up to 33 and a half minutes, 17 and eight. 
He's averaging with a with 13 rebound chances per game. Zubac is is questionable with an illness, which certainly would help here. Um, but the Clips, yeah, they are allowing the fourth most pain points, fourth highest rebounding rate in February. Kind of shored that up against the Lakers a little bit, but this is maybe a trap spot. We'll see how they react based on the tough stretch I talked about coming up. And, I mean, even in 18 minutes off the bench, Bagley did get 10-8 and eight against this team that, that doesn't really play a traditional power forward and hasn't been rebounding well. So I'll hope that Kuz does not get those boards or he's too tired and, and they bounce they bounce his way. Yeah, I, I think I would definitely recommend uh, keeping an eye on that Zubach situation uh, because especially if Zubach doesn't play, like this line isn't going to adjust very quickly, you know? So I would guess people would be able to get in a nice price here on this Bagley rebounding over. And yeah, if you're not going to have Bagley hanging out by the basket, I mean, why do you even have him on the court, you know? So it definitely makes sense that his rebounding is up since the move. Uh, Avdia situation, definitely of interest. He played a bunch of minutes, I believe, and, and came back from injury he's been a monster on the boards so if he were to sit also i think that would help quite a bit as well so uh, quite a few moving parts here around uh, this team at both of these teams really so a uh, pretty fluid situation with multiple players who could possibly sit or play deep cuts here for the nba injury report checking out if patrick baldwin jr is going to be active for the washington wizards but that is what we do here we delve into it to try to bring you some winners and uh, keep following along. We'll have player props, best bets up for you all next week. And until we see you next, happy betting.